0: Good morning, my name is Nimrod Bai from Kainonia Ministries. I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ who is risen and whose victory we continue to celebrate. I want to welcome you once again uh, this Sunday morning to join me as we meditate on the Word of God and we shall continue to dwell on the question of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Dear loving Father, we want to thank you just to know, Lord, that you know our needs and the conditions of our hearts much more than we do. We thank you, Lord, because you are able to deal with every need and every situation. We raise our hearts to you, O God, and worship you because you are our Lord and our God. God most merciful, and in times like this, oh God, we're becoming increasingly aware there's no place else in this world we can go with all our needs and have someone listen to us. We pray, Lord, that you may be with us now as we read and meditate on your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, uh, our study this morning is coming from uh, the book of John, chapter 20, and I'll read uh, from verses 19 to 23. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not, they are not forgiven. Now, um, last Sunday we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we were told that he rose very early in the morning. And in the course of the day, the women and some of the disciples who had traveled outside of a city the occasion we are looking at now was taking place in the evening when the disciples out of fear had locked themselves in a house and jesus appears in their midst with the doors still locked and his message to them is what we have read peace be with you as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. He breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. And then he talked about the forgiveness of sins. And we're going to look at this message, this line, particularly, As my Father has sent me, now I am sending you. Uh, I wanted to focus on that uh, this morning. What it meant then, and what it means for us, the Church of Jesus Christ. Now let me begin by saying that uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most glorious and the most important event in Christianity without the resurrection there would be no Christianity whatsoever, there would be no salvation, there would would be no forgiveness of sins. Paul says as follows, if Christ had not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is our, our faith. The Bible also says, the resurrection of Jesus Christ proved for once and for all that he, Is the Son of God. We also read that after his resurrection he appeared to several of his disciples over a period of 40 days. When he spoke to them about the kingdom of heaven, he then commissioned them to go all over the world preaching the good news and making disciples of all nations. He was raised to heaven after that and the bible teaches that he will remain there seated on the throne of god in heaven ruling over the nations until when all things in heaven and earth will submit to his authority and he's going to accomplish this enormous task through his church beginning with 11 men Who were hiding in a room with doors locked. So I said we're going to look uh, and dwell on this line uh, from his words. When he told them he is sending them, as he himself had been sent into the world, that he himself is sending them as well. Verse 19, he says, Peace be with you. Then again in verse 21: Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me. I am sending you. Verse 22, receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 23, if you forgive anyone uh, his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Uh, Something quite uh, radical is taking place here. Jesus is sending his eleven disciples as he himself had been sent by the Father in heaven, and he has every confidence that they are going to do what he is sending them to do. And the question we shall be asking ourselves, ourselves is this, because they passed that gospel to us over the ages, and we have exactly the same word and the same commission that they had. How faithfully, how well have we executed that mandate? How well have we finished the job entrusted to us, the church of Jesus Christ. So, the the resurrection holds uh, the promise that we have a great hope and a great future. So, in spite of the circumstances in which we are finding ourselves right now, my friends, my brothers and sisters, I want to assure you there is hope in Christ Jesus. Well, bad things may happen right now, But Christ also had told his disciples early on, in this world, there will be trouble. But cheer up, I have overcome the world. The power of his resurrection is supernatural power. It's going to accomplish his mission and the mission of the church is going to be accomplished through you and I. If we have faith, in Jesus Christ. Now Jesus had taught his disciples to pray, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And and, and his resurrection uh, assures that indeed the kingdom of God had come and it was present. And yet it is also a future kingdom when it will come in full. Right now We can enjoy the benefits of the kingdom of heaven, and it's quite a lot, until the second coming of Christ, when then the kingdom will come uh, to come to us fully. The question I would like us to ask ourselves at this time is this, what is man's place in God's plan? This we shall find in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28 you know the story god created the entire universe the heavens and the earth and all things therein. are in he created man furthermore in his own image and likeness but man fell into sin and his friendship with god was broken Man was separated from God because he chose to be independent of God. And there is the beginning of all our sorrows and our griefs. And until that state of rebellion is dealt with, they shall never enjoy peace completely. We shall never be fit to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We thank Jesus because he came and died to take away our sins, So that we can be fit to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, what happened then when the sin entered into the life of man? There were terrible consequences. All relationships were broken. First of all, man's relationship with God was broken. Number two, man's relationship with his wife was broken. Number three, man's relationship with the rest of creation was broken. Four, man's relationship with the environment was broken such that the environment became hostile to an extent that man has to toil before he can eat. To cap it all, God cast man and death became a reality a very painful and a very ugly reality here is what uh, the book of Genesis says in chapter 319 by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return friends up to this point, I, I hope that we can all see that, that sin, sin is a more deadly virus than coronavirus. And unless it is dealt with completely and decisively, we have no hope. We have no future. Happily, those who know God will also know that. God does not change his mind, that God's plans never change. What we began in the book of Genesis, chapter 1 and 2, he will complete. He will see them to their logical conclusion. And what is exciting is that God chose right from the beginning to accomplish his mission on earth through human families through human beings like you and me provided we have faith in god and so therefore in genesis chapter 3 verse 15 we see god promising to bring a savior that savior is jesus christ and he's the one who died and rose again and by his death the power of sin over our lives Has been broken. And our broken relationship with God has been restored for those who believe. The key word here is believe. Without believing in God and what He's doing in our lives, uh, there's no forgiveness. I'm going to ask another question then. What is the mission of the church under those circumstances? What is mission of the church on earth. In the book of Isaiah we see how Isaiah saw the Lord seated on a throne high and lifted up. We see how Isaiah was terrified because he knew he was a sinner living among sinful people but then God was gracious to him and his sins were cleansed with fire. After that Isaiah had a voice calling from the temples saying whom shall i send and who will go for us and isaiah who since now had been forgiven was ready to go so he responded here am i send me that is the work of the church that was the work of the church in the old testament the nation of israel and that is a mission of the church in the world today, to go, upon hearing the word of God, after our sins have been forgiven, to go into the world and tell the world, there is indeed a God in heaven. Now when Jesus appeared to his disciples in hiding, he said to them, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus also told them, receive the Holy Spirit, If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Those words describe for us the mission of the church. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. It is an enormous task. We are to be God's representatives and messengers on earth. The Bible tells us, we who are believers in Christ, that we are both citizens and ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. As we know, the work of an ambassador is to represent his country in a foreign, in, in another foreign, in a foreign country. An ambassador also represents and protects the interests uh, in that other uh, nation. He is his country's spokesman. For that reason, you will never hear an ambassador giving his personal opinion. His language is always, this is the position of my government. Therefore, as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, my friends, and let's get this clear, we have no personal opinions on spiritual uh, and moral, moral issues. We rely entirely on the word of God. If the word of God says that is sin, then that is sin. If it says that is immoral, then it is immoral. If the word says that is not right, then it is not right. Right? We have no right to say more than what we have been given or less than what we have been commissioned to say or to do. We are ambassadors of the kingdom. Jesus himself um, never said anything except that which his father had given him. And even his work, he he said, I do what I see my father saying. So the church has no business going beyond what they have been instructed to do. The mission of Jesus was to bring about salvation and restoration of the broken relationships. Whatever went wrong, in Genesis, Christ has put right by his death and resurrection, and that is the gospel we Christians have to preach and teach the world. That is our commission. But then our preaching, the message of forgiveness also includes judgment. So the gospel includes a message of forgiveness of sins and judgments. During his ministry on earth, Jesus often said to people, your sins are forgiven. But you also warned them of God's wrath and judgment if they did not repent of their sins. And that still is the same position. But how often do we ever hear messages on repentance and judgment? How much do we hear messages on hell and heaven? In the same manner, the disciples, and the church are to preach forgiveness. But also um, forgiveness for those who believe and God's rather judgment on those who do not believe. So at this point I'm uh, I'm asking us or the church how well have we done? If Christ was to visit our churches or our particular church as he visited the churches in the book of Revelation what kind of evaluation would he give us? How well or how badly have we done? And how shall we correct ourselves? And here let me say this, that one of the gifts of God to man at creation is the gift of self-evaluation and self-correction. Self-evaluation and self-correction. But you see, man uh, who has sinned is so filled with pride, and arrogance that he is able only to see the sins and the wrongs and the failures of others he, I am okay the problem is him and him and him and so we never get to a point where we say I am wrong or I have sinned addressing this question the Apostle Paul says as follows you then who teach others do you not teach yourself you who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Paul is talking to the church at Rome. The name of God is being blasphemed by their misconduct, by their bad behavior, by their moral and spiritual corruption. How well are we doing? Are we doing any better than them? friends? church history reveals that uh, over, over time the church has always experienced times of up and down. In other words, the church was sometimes very high up spiritually and morally, and some other times they suffered periods of decline and corruption. In my opinion, The church in Kenya today, and also the church in many parts of the world, is currently at its lowest, one of its lowest points ever. As Paul says, God's name has been dishonored because of our misconduct, especially our worldliness, our love of money, immorality, and general indiscipline and sinfulness. Jesus did not send us just to preach the gospel to others. We are first of all to preach to ourselves and believe on it because we can tell others. Jesus said, We are the salt of the earth. And also he added that salt which has lost its saltiness is completely useless. He also said, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. In the Old Testament, during periods of spiritual and moral decline, And during periods of distress and grief people usually gathered together in what was called a solemn assembly. A solemn assembly was a solemn occasion as the name suggests. It was a serious period of self-searching and fasting and repentance. Thus in 2nd Chronicles we read, when I shut the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. My dear brothers and sisters, if ever there was reason to call a solemn assembly, it is now. If ever there was a period, if there was, uh, was a need for repentance, it is now. But let us not think about a huge gathering with cameras blazing Let us not think about publicity let us think of ourselves first of all as individuals as an individual follower of jesus christ what is the condition of my heart what is the condition of your heart jesus works from within the spirit of god works from within not from outside so let us deal first of all in all humbleness with our own sinfulness. Let us repent and ask for forgiveness and ask for cleansing by the blood of Jesus. And once we are forgiven let us then have fellowship with other brothers and sisters and let us also go to a period of solemn assembly praying for the church and for the world, for our families because things are in a dire in dire streets i mean things are not right things are not right but god lives and jesus is risen and his power is available for those who are in need of it god permitting then i pray that after this coronavirus we shall be able to check on each other and see whether there's a possibility of, of, of like-minded people to get together and begin to, to repent in all seriousness and pray for God's mercy in place of his wrath. In the meantime, peace be with you. God bless you.